Stormester skal finde den mindst udulige ah! af de mest udulige. Han magler færdefærdig. <laughs> Sammen to papkasser. Åh oh, nej, Mark. Må jeg ikke ringe til min mor? Stormester. En chance til. Det er ikke på nogen måde behageligt. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hjertelig velkommen til endnu en basketball-podcast-snak her i vores lille univers på TV2 Basketball. Det er sommer, fuglene de kvider udenfor. Solen den skinner, og det har den jo gjort i en måneds tid nu. Og det betyder jo også nødvendigvis, at, at NBA-finalerne de skal afvikles. De er blevet afviklet, det ved vi alle. Golden State Warriors vandt deres tredje mesterskab på fire år, deres andet mesterskab i træk, da de besejrede og fejrede Cleveland af gulvet med 4-0. Kan måske vende tilbage til den lige og røre lidt ved, ved den finaleserie, men der er jo altså blevet talt rigeligt om hver en finalekamp, og finaleserien i det hele af Christoffer Vestrup og Peter Wang. Så hvis du ikke har hørt dem, så gå endelig ind og hør de podcast, der altså ligger enten på Soundcloud eller iTunes. Den her podcast, den skal handle om en NBA-spiller, øh, der besøgte Danmark øh, i sidste uge. Øh, dem, der har fulgt med, de ved jo selvfølgelig godt, hvem det er. Dem, der ikke har, der kan jeg fortælle, at det er Chris Middleton fra Milwaukee Bucks, der besøgte Danmark. Det skal nok lige vende tilbage til hele det scenarie. Men inden vi kommer til Middleton, og inden vi kommer til den snak, det blev til med ham, ja, så vil jeg også gerne lige runde øh, et par andre nationer, hvor vi har noget dansk indflydelse. Vi skal blandt andet lige tale lidt om Israel, israelsk basket, hvor man er i finalerne nu. Vi skal tale om italiensk basket, hvor man har taget hul på finalerne og faktisk er ved at få afsluttet finalerne. Og så skal vi også en smut forbi Spanien, hvor vi godt nok ikke kigger på den bedste række, men på rækken lige under øh, Lab Gold, som den hedder, hvor vi altså også har haft noget dansk indflydelse, der har været på vej op. Så altså lige en, et rids rundt i, øh, i basket med danske briller, et kig tilbage og kig frem mod landskampen mod Armenien her sidst på måneden, og så skal vi selvfølgelig vende os mod samtalen med Chris Middleton. Mit navn det er Thomas Bilde. 
hjertelig velkommen til. Hvor er det frækt spillet? Monsterdunk ind igennem midten. Sikke et spil. Velkommen til NBA på TV2 Sport. Vi starter rundturen i europæisk basketball, og altså i de ligger væk fra NBA, hvor vi har lidt dansk indflydelse. Og det gør vi i Israel, hvor Rapuel Holon med Renan Kohlmann på, på holdet, de har slået Rapuel i Jerusalem i deres semifinale. Og øh, i, øh, i Israel, ja, der spiller man altså et Final Four om mesterskabet. Så det er altså bare knald- eller faldkampe back-to-back. Først semifinalen, og derefter finalen. Finalen spilles i øvrigt i aften den 14. juni på, på optagedagen her. Det gør de kl. 21. Og øh, der bliver det altså en kamp mod Maccabi Tel Aviv. For Maccabi Tel Aviv, legendariske storhold i Israel, at de besejrede Rapuel Tel Aviv med 98-74 i deres semifinal. Dermed altså Maccabi Tel Aviv mod Rapuel Rolon. Og øh, nogen vil måske tænke, at det er lidt underligt, øh, den her måde, det er, det er sat op på i Israel, med at man, man spiller mesterskabet over en kamp. Men det er simpelthen fordi, at man for en, øh, en håndfuld år siden, eller lidt mere, fandt ud af, at, at, at det simpelthen var for kedeligt, at, at Maccabi Tel Aviv de vandt hver evig eneste mesterskab. Øh, så tænkte man, der var større chance for, at man gik ned, og så spillede man én kamp om mesterskabet. Faktisk i 2013, hvor Renan Kohlmann spillede for Maccabi Haifa, jamen, der lykkedes det Haifa at besejre i øvrigt i, i klubbens første og eneste mesterskab nogensinde, at der besejrede de Maccabi Tel Aviv i den her finalekamp. Og det er altså nærmest en heldig dag i Israel, den dag, hvor, hvor der spillede basketballfinale. Så et eller andet sted er det super fedt, hypet og, og op i luften, og man ved ikke rigtig, hvad der kommer til at ske. Forventningerne er det. Men på den anden side, ja, så må det altså også være en, ja, noget af en bet for det, for det ellers bedste hold, hvis der lige er en skade, eller hvis der lige er en dag, hvor, hvor skuddene ikke helt øh, falder. Men sådan er det altså dernede. De har dog vundet øh, deres del af mesterskabet med Kappi Tel Aviv, så de skal nok ikke være, øh, være alt, alt for kede af det. De er øh, det bedste hold. De sluttede grundspillet med at vinde 23 kampe, tabe 10, så de er ikke urørlige. På andenpladsen, ja, der er det så Rabuel Rolon med 22-11, så man kan sige... Altså, der, er, der er i hvert fald lighed, øh, der er spænding forud for, for den her finale, men enhver kamp i, i Israel med Maccabi Tel Aviv på, på banen, at der må øh, holdet, det legendariske hold for Tel Aviv, jo nok være favoritter. Om end vi her i Danmark selvfølgelig holder med Hanan Kohlmann, der altså spiller på dansk pas, men også har et splitstatsborgerskab, og altså har et, et israelsk pas, og dermed så tæller han altså ikke som udlænding for øh, Roland. Kohlmann, han øh, skulle gerne vende tilbage til, øh, til Danmark efter finalerne her, og altså være med til, øh, til landskampen den 28. juni. Det gælder også for øh, Ife Lundberg, Gabriel Ife Lundberg, den tidligere Wolfpack, den tidligere Horsens IC-spiller. Han har været i, i gang med, ja, han har faktisk færdiggjort sin første sæson i, øh, i udlandet som professionel basketballspiller efter to år. I Horsens, ja, så havde han jo, eller han har hele tiden haft drømme om at komme afsted, men efter to år i Horsens, der, der valgte han at tage springet og skiftede til Manresa i den næstbedste spanske række. Og det virker til at have været en kæmpe succes for, for Ife Lundberg. Han har udviklet sig. De gange, jeg har talt med ham i løbet af sæsonen, har han været meget, meget glad for, for skiftet. Og, og nu 
Med kronen på værket, tror jeg godt, vi kan kalde det, ja, så, så tror jeg slet ikke, han kan finde noget dårligt at sige om det. Man reser endte som øh, nummer tre i Lep Gold, som er den, øh, den næstbedste række i Spanien, den bedste, den hedder ACB. De sluttede bagefter Prat og Breogan, øh, der efter, henholdsvis havde 25 og 9 og 28 6 øh, sejre Man reser skulle øh, i, øh, i slutspillet, eller det vil sige Breogan, som ender etter, de rykker direkte op. Og så skulle der så spilles et slutspil om, om den anden plads op. Og her var Manresa matchet op mod Coruña. Coruña, der, der ellers sluttede på 9. pladsen og øh, egentlig lignede en, en overkommelig modstander. Men der bliver Manresa faktisk presse, presset ud i, øh, i alle fem kampe i kvartfinalen. Semifinalen mod Palencia, ja, der er der en, en lidt andet øh, tempo over det for Manresa, og de har i hvert fald godt fat i dem. Palencia, der sluttede som, som nummer 7 i Lab Gold, og her vinder Manresa og Ife Lundberg med 3-0. Og så i finalen, der skulle de så møde Meia. Meia, som øh, vandt 3-1 over Castello, og, og 3-2 over Prat. Prat, der altså var nummer 2, og nok et af de hold, man havde forventet at se i, uh, i finalen. Men der vinder Meia altså 3-2, og så, øh, så kommer de til finalen. Og her får man Reza en fantastisk start. Øh, kommer foran 2-0. Alt ser ud som om, at de er på vej. De er måske allerede begyndt at booke billetterne til, øh, ja, til ACB. Men så kommer Maia tilbage, vinder de næste to kampe, og dermed så skudt de ud i en altafgørende kamp nummer 5, om at komme op i, øh, i det fine selskab, altså den bedste spanske række, en række, som nogen vil kalde den bedste række i verden uden for øh, NBA. Og her vinder Manresa, og det gør de øh, i en, ja, en flot sejr foran et ellevildt publikum, og, øh, og Ife Lundberg er en af dem, der virkelig er blevet hyldet dernede for, for hans bidrag til, uh, i den her sæson. Så en kæmpe sæson. Stort, stort tillykke til, uh, til Ife. Vi bliver i, uh, i Sydeuropa, for uh, det er ikke kun i, uh, i Israel, at vi har en, uh, en dansker med i finalen. Det er ikke kun i Spanien, at vi har en med i oprykningen til ACB, altså i, i finalen i, i den næstbedste række. I den spanske række, i den bedste række, undskyld, i den italienske række, i den bedste række, der spiller Chavon Shields. Og det lyder måske ikke helt så, så dansk for dem, der, der ikke har hørt om navnet før. Og øh, det er det vel heller ikke rigtigt. Men moren, hun er pære dansk. Faren, han er tidligere NFL-spiller, altså amerikansk fodboldspiller. Og sønnen, ja, han har spillet basketball på rigtig, rigtig højt niveau i, i college-rækkerne. Og øh, han var inviteret med ind til Summer League for et par år siden, men og gjorde det okay. Man slog ikke nok igennem til, at han kunne blive samlet op af et NBA-hold. Og så har han altså været lidt rundt i Europa, og nu spiller han for Dolomiti i uh, Italien. Og Dolomiti, de, uh, de gjorde det okay i, uh, i sæsonen, men de var ikke det, uh, det rene tophold. Men uh, de har altså kæmpet sig igennem, og, uh, og spiller nu finale mod Armani Jeans A7. Og uh, der er de altså ude i nu og skal spille en, en kamp 6. De har uh, tabt de første to kampe, og uh, de har tabt 98-85-90-80. Derefter så på hjemmebane, ja, så svarer de altså igen med to sejre, 72-65 og 77-84, inden de nu uh, så tabte kamp 5 uh, igen i, i Milano hos uh, Armani Jeans, og, uh, og så skal de altså spille kamp 6. Det skal de uh, den 15. juni, altså i morgen, torsdag aften talende stund, og øh, taber Dolomiti den, ja, så vinder Armani altså mesterskabet, vinder Dolomiti, 
ja, så skal de ud i en, en alt afgørende kamp 7. En, en kamp 7, der så fald vil blive spillet i Milano. Øhm, Javon Shields, man sidder måske faktisk, har, har han haft noget indflydelse, har han gjort noget, og det kan i saft sus med tro, han har. Han har scoret 31 point, 29 point, så havde han lige en enkelt swip, så ned på, på 6 point, tilbage på 29, og så 31. Så han ligger altså, hvis man lige tager den ene swip så væk, så ligger han altså lige omkring de her 30 point og 10 rebounds per, per kamp. Og den ene kamp, der gik han 11 for 13 for gulvet. Han er en virkelig, virkelig dygtig spiller. Stor og stærk, men har et rigtig godt touch. Og absolut en spiller som, som landstræner, som sportschefen og alle os, som selvfølgelig medierne, men også basketfans generelt, håber på, at vi får tilbage og spille for det, for det danske landshold. Han har meldt sig klar til at spille under faner, men der er øh, lidt forhandlinger frem og tilbage om, hvad der er det, det rigtige for ham, om han skal spille den her kamp mod, mod Armenien. Men han har i hvert fald ytret sig flere gange om, at han meget, meget, meget gerne vil spille for, for det danske basketballlandshold. Og vi håber så bare på, at, at det kan komme til at ske. Tre spillere rundt i Europa, altså Renan Kohlmann, spiller finale i aften mod Maccabi Tel Aviv i den bedste italienske, eller israelske række. Vi havde Javon Shields, som jeg nævnte til sidst spiller lige pt. finale og bag 3-2 i den bedste italienske række. Og så har vi altså Gabriel Ife Lundberg, der er på vej op øh, i den bedste spanske række. Eller ikke på vej, han er rykket op i den bedste spanske række med sit hold Manresa efter en flot sæson i Lab Gold. Og altså der også øh, konkluderende på et, et slutspil, der sender dem op i det bedste selskab. Så altså danskere placeret rundt omkring på nogle af topholdene i Sydeuropa, det er simpelthen så fremragende, som, som det kan være. Held og lykke til dem alle sammen, og tillykke til, til selvfølgelig Ife Lundberg, der er færdig med sine bedrifter dernede. Vi håber selvfølgelig på at se dem alle sammen tilbage øh, inden ret længe i Danmark, og det gør vi selvfølgelig, fordi at der er en landskamp, der skal spilles. Det er øh, ligesom det sidste punktum også for os på, på TV2 Sports, inden øh, at holdet går på sommerferie. Det er den 28. juni, det drejer sig om, og der spilles der en kamp i Ballerup Superarena, og det er Armenien, der kommer på besøg. Armenien, der blev besejret på udebane af Danmark, i, øh, da de to hold mødtes første gang. Og det bliver selvfølgelig både nogle, nogle glade, forhåbentlig også glade, Hanan Kohlmann, der kommer tilbage som veteran, hvis han skulle ende med vindmesterskabet, men må ikke de er glade for at bare komme i finalen. Det er nogle gode spillere, der har været i gang med nogle gode sæsoner, men desværre så har de danske spillere jo altså været lidt lang tid væk nu. Så spørgsmålet er, hvor, hvor meget de er klar. Dem, der så har været småskadet, eller pladet er lidt skadet og lidt træthed, at de jo så forhåbentlig kunne finde, kunne finde noget form tilbage. Så jeg tror, det bliver en rigtig, rigtig god blanding. De, de danske basket her har jo gang i en, en rigtig fin stime, har vundet et par gode kampe, og den seneste jo altså i, i Arena Næstved. Så vi håber både, at der kommer masser af publikum til Ballerup Super Arena, men også, at der kommer nogle topmotiverede spillere og spiller den her kamp den 28. juni mod Armenien. Kampen ja, den kan i øvrigt ses på, på TV2 Sports, hvis man ikke skulle have mulighed for at komme i, i hallen, og vi vil glæde os til det. Nu skal vi så til at vende os til en snak med Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, NBA-spilleren fra Milwaukee Bucks, der altså var på besøg hos Junior NBA og Børnebasketfonden. Jamen, han stillede op til en snak, hvor jeg fik lov til at sidde i sofaen sammen med ham inde ved Game i Street Mecca, som ligger på Ingehavvej. 
Og øh, de arrangerede altså en, øh, en mulighed for, at folk jamen, faktisk kaldte det en fredagsbar. Der var fri øl og fri sodavand. Og så kunne man øh, sidde og høre på en, en lang snak, som du også kan høre her om et øjeblik. Og øh, så var der mulighed for at stille et par spørgsmål til sidst. Og så kunne man få taget en, øh, et par selfies eller på billeder og få et par, par autografer øh, af den her NBA-spiller. Han var den fjerde spiller i rækken øh, af NBA-spillere. Tidligere NBA-spillere, der har været på besøg for øh, her i Danmark. Og øh, der har selvfølgelig været mange NBA-spillere tidligere, men dem her sådan mere officielt fjerde år i træk, at vi havde en. Det startede med Robert Ory, mand, der har vundet syv mesterskaber. Så havde vi øh, Andre Drummond, og så havde vi Carl Anthony Towns sidste år. Andre Drummond fra Detroit Pistons og Carl Anthony Towns fra Minnesota Timberwolves. Så får vi øh, Milwaukee Bucks-spilleren ind. En lidt øh, i det her selskab, måske også lidt, øh, skal vi kalde ham undervurderet spiller, han blev, taget, han blev draftet ind i NBA som nummer 39, altså i anden runde, hvor de andre, de er altså blevet taget i, i hvert fald Drummond og, og Carl Towns i top 10, og har haft store forventninger til med et stort pres. Der er der altså en lidt anden sag med, med Chris Middleton, men meget, meget sympatisk, og en spiller, der nu spiller sammen med Giannis Antetokounmpo, der er på vej frem på et hold, der har skiftet træner, de sagde farvel til Jason Kitts, de fik Joe Prunty, sagde farvel til ham, og nu står de altså med den tidligere Valenser, Mike Budenholzer. Budenholzer, tidligere årets træner, og har altså været fra Atlanta Hawks. Han skal nu stå for, for træningen og forholdet i, i Milwaukee Bucks, der i øvrigt også har fået en spritny arena til, til den kommende sæson. Så masser af gode, masser af sjove ting, øh, som jeg fik vendt med den her 26-årige Chris Middleton. Og øh, den snak, ja, den kommer her. Jeg skal beklage, at øh, der er lidt knuderen på linjen. Der er lidt øh, problemer med mikrofonen i starten. Vi sad, og vi fik nogle, øh, nogle trådløse mikrofoner, som vi kunne snakke med, så det kom, eller snakke i, så lyden den kom ud i hallen. Og, øh, og der var der altså lidt problemer på den ene af dem. Så på et tidspunkt, så skrætter det lidt. Det beklager jeg. Så får jeg en håndmærk øh, og, eller en anden mikrofon, og så lykkes det. Øh, til sidst, efter en, en, en lille times tid, ja, der er der altså nogle spørgsmål, der kommer ind, og ja, vi skal prøve at se, om vi ikke kan få, få skruet op for spørgsmålene, og se om det ikke det giver mening. Men det er altså måske lidt langt væk. Øh, nogle af spørgsmålene, men svarene, de skulle, de skulle gerne give mening. Det er jo sgu alle mine disclaimers. Øh, jeg håber, at I vil sætte pris på det. Jeg håber, at I vil sætte pris på, på snakken her. Jeg håber, at I vil give lidt props til de danske spillere, der altså har gjort det godt i Europa. Og så øh, gør jeg klar. Her har vi en, en god times snak med NBA-spiller fra Milwaukee Bucks, Chris Middleton. Er du så færdig et godt blot? Jeg tror ikke, der er mere luft i bolden. Alright. So, so a lot of these guys and girls, they've never seen an NBA player live before. Some of them have, but some of them have never seen one before. Yeah. What kind of person are you? I mean, I hope to think I'm a normal person, uh, just like each and every one of you. But um, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be some some of you, uh, some of you guys' first NBA player that you've seen and be able to talk to. So I'm glad to be here. I um, hope you enjoy the conversation also. That's a big expectation. <laughs> Three years ago, we had Robert Ory talking about championships. Yeah. Two years ago, we had Drummond of the Detroit Pistons. We're going to get back to that. Yeah. And last year, we had uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And now... It's you. That's a good group of guys. It's a good. It is. I tough, mean, tough to compete with. Yeah, be, I mean, Robert Ory might be a little slow if we're yeah. going to play right now, yeah. but but he, he'll, but he'll stay on top. Big. Okay, 
So you're from South Carolina. Yes. Growing up uh, in the South. Yes. How's that? That's great. Um, we have days like this, I think, a little bit more than you guys. Um, <laughs> mostly during the summertime, um, the spring, the fall is pretty warm, about 60, 70s, great weather. Uh, and I also love the food down but, there. But it's one of the states without an NBA team. It is. I mean, I, I wish we had some type of major league or, like, professional sports, um, not the minor leagues, but... You got some storms. You got some water. We, <laughs> we got the water. We have a TV to watch all the other games, so that's all we need down there. So you growing up, talk about the family life. Every time we, we talk to an NBA player, or at least the stories that get pushed out, yeah. is uh, some coming from a rough neighborhood, yeah. a rough upbringing, yeah. uh, and trying to fight to, to get out. How yeah. was your upbringing? I had a, a really great childhood. I mean, I was blessed to be able to grow up in a, in a nice family home with uh, one older sister, my two parents, and went to a great school where I was able to, you know, develop as a, a kid on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And the first touch of basketball, I know you, you, there, was some, there was some ball in your family, yeah. but not that much. No, not that much. Uh, the first time I, I think I picked it up was probably five or six years old. So I started... Were you tall? Was that why, or was it just the neighborhood thing? Or? It was the neighborhood thing. My, um, my dad was a huge basketball fan, so that was the first thing he put in my hands. And uh, when he was a fan, who's he a fan of? I mean, Jordan was yeah. the North Carolina, but... He was definitely a North... I mean, he was definitely a Jordan guy. Um, if I came in rooting for somebody else, you, you know, hush me, tell me to go to my room and think about what I just said. <laughs> but... Uh, for the most part, he was just a, a huge Jordan fan. So, so when we tell everybody, when we tell the kids here that you got to listen to the NBA player, he knows you have to switch 10 times before you go home. Or, yeah. That's, that's how it actually it's, was for yeah, you? Yeah, it's, it's similar. It's, you know, the switches are, are nightmares for me uh, <laughs> to leave, but it, it's definitely something I've been through many a times. I, I saw you working at the junior NBA today, and there was not a lot of switches on that one. A lot of air balls. <laughs> <laughs> it was smaller. Yeah. It was smaller. Yeah. Denmark, so we, we got to touch on that. You, you just got here. You got here Wednesday. Yes. You've been hanging around. I don't know if you guys have seen him, but uh, exp- uh, impressions of, of Copenhagen? Man, it's, uh, I love it. I mean, I came here with uh, my two friends and a cousin, and the pace here, the vibe here is, is, is really chill. It's really relaxing. Uh, great food all the way, all around the city, around the town. You know, they have a lot of great buildings, that have a lot of great architecture. So you'll be back? That I, I, would, I would love to be back. <laughs> Get that on paper? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, five, six-year-olds starting to play basketball, when did they become serious? Because we, we, we hear a lot about players, yeah, three years old, and they pushed me, and they, they were trying, and I was dribbling. Yeah. And some say, yeah, I was 12, 13 before I started. Rila? We good? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did it start becoming serious? Yeah, I would say probably around when I was 12 or 13 years old. I had to make a decision um, to play AAU basketball, which is summer, mm-hmm. during the summer where you travel. Uh, to different states and play and whatnot, or focus on baseball, which I was a, a big baseball fan growing up, um, and play for my middle school, I think, at the time. And I ended up quitting baseball and putting all, all my cars into basketball. So you got a good arm? It was decent. It was decent. I didn't get to test it too much. So, so anyone want to stand up? No one to Looks like a no. No one to Like no. Damn it. Okay, so I have a challenge. Don't hit him too hard. Throw this to him? You think? Oh, it's a nick. I, I know it's. <laughs> this is the bad one. No, no, no. You can, you can catch it. <laughs> Anyone it. else? Oh. Uh oh. Now, so now, now they get up. Now, now they get up. Now they get up. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> Cleveland, no. 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 Lakers. Oh, got, got one over you. here, maybe. I got you. Oh. 
Der vil sige, ja, vi skal da stille. Du skal rejse dig noget tidligere. Jeg har mere. Jeg har mere. Så, en ord. Jeg har trying. Oh, right on cue. Right on cue. One word that I tried to learn you or teach you. Mm-hmm. What was that? I can't remember. I can't. Come on. It's open. Oh, uh, the... We got 45 yeah. minutes, so take your time. <laughs> We've been here for 45, an hour. I know it's... Skål. 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 So, so every time... Og det må vi blive nødt til at respektere, at hvis der er en amerikaner, der kommer og snakker, så man må også godt drikke sodavand. Så må man tisse i sengen eller gå på toilet i nat, ikke? Is this something? Is mine? Do you see what I mean? Put it here. Just sit there, just sit there. Men hvis han siger skål, så går jeg ud fra, at man skåler og drikker. So what was the word? Skål. 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 See? I told you. All right. So high school basketball is usually the time when we hear it separates. Yeah. Uh, but from here, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in Denmark and in most of Europe, it's club-oriented. Yeah. So you sign up if you want to play basketball. Yeah. You don't go and try out. Uh, you might try out for the first team, but if you want to play, you can't play. Yeah. Uh, were you ever, like, maybe last in line? Were you cut or were you uh, front of the line? I don't, think a, I don't think a lot of people know this. I was cut. Um, what grade was this? Seventh, seventh grade, middle school. From like my, MJ. Yeah, seventh grade from my JV team. Um, okay. It was right before I changed schools, a year before I changed schools, but I got cut from that team. And so that's why you changed schools? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but um, I changed schools now. I've made those other teams. I guess I, I, I guess that summer got me better, being cut or whatever, but um, I've definitely been cut before a couple times. That was a good sound. Yeah. That was a good background sound. By the way, our DJ back there, uh, he's, he, says, he says he's one of the biggest Bucks fans. I heard. I was supposed to give you a shout-out, but they didn't tell me your name either. Yeah. <laughs> but Rasmus. 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 Should, we, should we change Rasmus. my microphone? Appreciate the support, man. <laughs> I heard you coming up. Yep. Oh, wow. You might as well. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> There you go. So now I think this sounds better on my part. That's okay. good. Um, but you got caught, moved to a different school, yeah. started picking up, played some AAU, yeah. uh, and got a little interest from, uh, from the college ranks. The, these guys, the, the, we've heard about it. We've seen it on movies. We've heard it on, on different interviews. But how is that process of, of being recruited Like where people really want you, yeah, and then maybe they don't actually want you. You kind of maybe third in line. Yeah, uh, being recruited is is, is kind of strange to go through. You have, um, I would say, you were 15, starting at 15, 16 years old. You have these grown men calling you at all hours of the day, trying to talk to you for 40 minutes to an hour on the phone, trying to get you interested. Like me. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get you interested into coming to their school. Um, And you really don't know how much they really want you. And at the same time, they're out there doing the same thing with 30 other kids. They're trying to get the best kids to come to their program. So you have to figure out what's going to fit best for you and your family as far as going to, the, going to that school and living there. And then on the court, um, how, will you be, how will you be able to succeed? Will you thrive there? Will it be a challenge there? Um, and we have a great opportunity there. We're going to go back to it. But if we jump 
further down the line. You have a kid at one point, uh, the kids in high school is going to make a decision. What's going to be your advice? Uh, what are you going to tell a high school kid that's starting to get the recruitment letters? I mean, what did you learn? To, to You learn about yourself. You learn what you like and what you don't like. Um, the best advice I got was to go see these colleges. Go see the colleges that, that you're interested in going in. And don't be scared to, to move away by yourself. I moved from South Carolina to Texas, which is halfway across the country at 17 years old, uh, to live there, by my fel- live there by myself and basically start over again. Not by yourself. There's about 100,000 others at College Station. But I'm talking about family-wise. <laughs> you know, this is the first time where you're separated from your family. It's just mm-hmm. you and your teammates and your coaches. So was it the coaching? Was it the facilities? Uh, Chris, han kom til at spille for Texas A&M. I see, I see a Texas A&M shirt, actually. I do. Giggle. <laughs> Giggle. We, we, uh, we got to pass that one down. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so får du også en, fordi jeg ramte dig. But you pick them. I mean, I've been to College Station. Uh, I've seen it. I've actually coached a, a game in there with a women's team some years ago. But... <laughs> but but how uh, how was that? What 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 did you look at? It's great, man. Uh, that school, that university was just it was all about the students there, which is which is something I liked, and I got to focus on being me, focus on my schoolwork, and on the court um, to get where I wanted to go. So I have nothing bad to say about that school. And you stayed three years. Stayed three years. Uh, Were you close to leaving before? Were you close to staying another year? Or? Yeah, I was close to leaving after my sophomore year. Um, I wasn't sure. I wanted to be a guaranteed first-round pick. I was borderline first round, uh, maybe second round. So I decided to come back for my junior year, which my third year out of, th- out of four years that you, that you can play. I uh, got hurt my junior year. The first game of the season hurt my knee. It was an up and down year, and I was just ready for uh, a, a move after that season. Uh, I just felt like I was ready to take the next step and, and take a leap. And there was also, as I recall, there's a coaching change as well yeah. uh, in that last season. Yeah. What did that do? I mean, you, yeah. you're recruited by someone, and then another coach steps in. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, you have a coach that you know if you've learned to 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 uh, be coachable with and to learn from for three or four years you learn you learn about him through that recruitment process then you get onto campus and go to the practices and games and get to talk to him and whatnot then all of a sudden he leaves it's different um then you have a new guy come in that wants to do his own thing mm-hmm. and get you to buy into his system it's, it's it's tough to change that fast but that's the way this game is sometimes and i heard you said you were looking at leaving after year two yes uh, but you wanted to be a first round When did you realize that you were actually going to be an NBA player? Because one thing is deciding when to declare. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, actually thinking, hey, I'm an NBA product. I didn't feel that feeling until I heard my name get, uh, being called 39th pick uh, in the second round. Once I heard that, then I realized I, I, was, I became an NBA player then. But, but the dream, the vision of you saying I want to declare, I mean, yeah. I want to be an NBA player, but I didn't declare. So at one yeah. point, I mean, you got to realize that, hey, I'm, I might have a chance at this. Definitely. Um, I would say after my freshman year in, in college is where I thought I had a chance to become an okay. NBA player or some type of professional player. So I just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard a lot of times that there's, uh, I mean, the NBA scouts obviously come out and watch games, but they also come to practices. Yes. Uh, how is that? I mean, because yeah. there's a lot of eager young men who wants to improve and yeah. wants to impress. Definitely. Uh, I mean, so is that a different practice when, when there's an NBA scout in the room? It's definitely a different practice. You know, uh, the intensity in that practice gets turned up, of course. Then you, you put a lot of un, unnecessary pressure on, your, on yourself at times to perform well. When all this scout wants to do, he just wants to come see you play, uh, see what type of feel you have. 
see how you interact with your teammates. He's really not worried about if you're playing well or not that practice. I mean, he already knows. You can say that now. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. But at that time, you're, you're thinking you have to make every shot, which is impossible to do half the time mm -hmm. or all the time. You're not going to do it. So you just have to relax and just be you. Was it harder playing, uh, competing in a practice like that compared to playing in a big game? Or, or maybe not a yeah. big game, but just a regular game? Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, during practice, you, you, want, you know they're there specifically for you uh -huh. or one of your teammates. In the game, there may be a collection of guys. And at the same time during the game, you're really not focused on who's in the crowd or who's watching. You're really focused on who you're trying to win, what I have to do to win. And how many gets to you? I mean, the coaches usually, I know, they're trying to keep agents and scouts away. Yeah. But, but how many gets to you and trying to start whispering, you, hey, Chris, yeah. make that's, a chance here. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, the agents, I got lucky. I mean, I only had two agents. I have parents. My parents would deal with most of the agents. Um, only agents I, I've met were two. And one of them is still my agent to this day. So we were able to keep it level grounded, uh, not too crazy, not a whole bunch of stories that you hear yeah. about some of these guys nowadays, but we just want to keep it as simple as possible. So no blue chips kind <laughs> of stories. No blue chips. <laughs> no well, money well, How far is blue chips away? I know it's different today than yeah. it was, but how far away is that actually from what uh, might have happened? I mean... <laughs> Don't get in trouble. <laughs> I won't get in trouble. <laughs> I mean... Uh, the way they do it now is probably different than when they than how they did it back there. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing I can say. I I don't have any experience with that. All is word of mouth and what I see on TV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you got drafted, 39, yeah. uh, ninth pick in the second round by the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you wanted to go in the first round the year before, but then you got injured. Yes. Was it just a relief to get in at that point, or yeah. were you disappointed that you didn't go in the first round? Definitely, it was a relief. Um, I knew it was a big chance coming out after my junior year, after I had a pretty bad year in my standards and, and being hurt and whatnot. But I thought the chance of me getting drafted now instead of waiting until my senior was going to be better. Usually the way the older you are, the longer you stay in college, yeah. teams yeah. start to fade away from you. And, and for some reason, I was scared of you. So I just thought it was the best. Leaving after my junior was the best chance for me to go and, and to get drafted. Would you still do it today, or would you take another year and, and rehab and, and play a good senior year if you could do it over? If, I mean, you, yeah. you're in a good situation yeah. now. If, so, I mean, I, I don't think I would really change anything. The only thing I might change is leaving the year early, not being scared to take that chance and, and to take that leap and trust myself and trust, trust my work. Mm -hmm. yeah. And school-wise, uh, was that important, or was yeah. that something with you? Yeah, yeah. I, I did a lot of studying. I mean, it was, it was important to me. Um, I won't say I was a straight-A student. I won't say I was out there failing classes, but I was one of those guys, those students, who kind of just did just enough just to keep on that basketball. To and, survive. Yeah, to survive and keep playing. So I was definitely that guy. All right. Yeah. So the Danish word? We, we, School. There we go. Oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. You need a you need a water. I got one right here. Okay. Detroit Pistons, uh, two-time champs in the early '90s. Championship drive going into. Auburn, the palace of Auburn Hills. Uh, now they relocated, I know, or the arena at least. But coming into that franchise, uh, a city that was kind of struggling, yeah. um, 
What were your first thoughts when, when they drafted you, when your name was called? Were you just, yes, I made it, or what up, Miami? What? <laughs> no, it was definitely a relief. I was definitely excited to go to uh, Detroit. You know, I wasn't sure about the city, but I was definitely just glad to be on the NBA roster at that time. So uh, I didn't have any complaints about the city of Detroit, even though a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we hear a lot of guys that they, they say when they get drafted, and if they get drafted like number nine, they know the eight teams uh, yeah. ahead of them, yeah. you know, who, who passed on you. Yeah. You have the same way? I mean, you, you got 30 teams then. Uh, <laughs> Basically but, everybody, <laughs> even my own team. But, but do you feel that or do you feel, <laughs> ah? You know, I don't think about it too much. Um, I mean, they do their homework. They try to do what's best for their guys and their team and their organization. So as long as, as, long as I, I'm still in the league, I'm happy. I'm only worried about the team I'm on, uh, my teammates, and my coworkers and whatnot. Coming in and playing, I mean, you can't complain on the salary because uh, you're making good money, <laughs> but not compared yeah. to the other guys on the team when you yeah. get drafted in the second round under yeah. the restrictions of the rookie contracts. Yeah. Uh, how is that? I mean, yeah. how, uh, you, you, you're doing your dream, yeah. but you might actually do better than someone who's making a lot of dough. Yeah. Uh, how, how, yeah. How's that, how are you coping with that? The, the most truthful thing I've, I've ever heard a lot of people say is never work, never count another man's money. I mean, is you're in a different situation. That man is a whole other different situation, living a different life. Don't count his money. Only worry about you. You know, you can only wish him the best. So I don't, I don't have any problem that's with anybody that's making twice as or X amount more money as me. I mean, I'm happy for them. I'm having their succeeding. But you made it. Uh, we, we're going to go through the the rookie season, but you, but for for the audience, you got through your rookie contract, yeah. and you signed a seventy million uh, five year, uh, six five, five year five, five year years. deal. So you got two more. One of them is player option. Uh, when you signed that contract, how did that make you feel? I mean, yeah. set for life. It's life changing. It is. I mean, um, you you don't necessarily dream of having that much money. And then when it hits you, when you sign that contract, you still really don't know until you see that first check. That first check is when all the smiles and, and the teeth come out. But I mean, it's a great feeling. <laughs> it's a great feeling. You see, I'm doing it now. I'm thinking about it. But you know, it's, it's great to be able to. We do the lotto and I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think about it too. <laughs> <laughs> to make that uh, much money or, or, you know, the contract I have to do something that I love every day, that I enjoy playing and mm -hmm. doing that as a job, and to be able to pr provide for my family is a blessing. Was it easier going into that contract year, the first year, when you got your contract? Now, yeah. you're set. I'm, I'm happy. I got yeah. my money, uh, and I'm set. I know I'm going to be here probably for five years. Mm -hmm. Was that easier, or is it e uh, was it easier in that last year, the rookie contract, fighting, you know, the motivation? Yeah, what what, what, what were you more, more motivated? I would say it's... I would say for the contract I just signed. I mean, uh, when I signed my rookie contract, I was motivated to, to, make, to get that second contract, get that next deal. Didn't know how much it would be. Uh, now I'm even more motivated, more motivated to be even better and to get that next contract, to stay in the league and stay on the team, stay on the roster and whatnot and keep playing. Sounds good. So uh, Chris got drafted by the Detroit Pistons, uh, second round, thir uh, 39th pick. His first season, a uh, little injury, uh, maybe, but no, you got yeah. down to the, the D, D League. League yeah. Uh, yeah. The, was it Mad Ants? G yeah, Mad Ants, yeah. Mad yeah. Ants. 
rookie player coming in and I made it, I made the big show, mama, look at me on TV, and then they send you down. Yeah. Maybe just for development and getting some shots up, but how is that? I yeah. mean, my rookie year was tough. That was some, maybe my first or second time really not playing, like don't even dress up, sit behind the bench or just stay in the locker room and watch the game and learn. So that was tough. It was humbling for me. Made me work even even harder. So you sat in the locker room and watched uh, games? Yeah, a couple of times. If I didn't have a suit or, or a jacket with a tie, I couldn't sit on the bench half the time. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't so, bring a suit? Sometimes I didn't. Know Come on. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you want to be petty and whatnot. Um, but, you know, it was something that made me work even harder. I didn't want to be in that situation again. I wanted to always be in uniform, always on the court cheering my teammates. So uh, that kept me going. That kept me, you know, working as hard as I could every day in the gym. It's getting bigger, bigger and bigger now, not for you, but the two-way contracts where yeah. they can play in the, the G League and, and in the NBA. It's a good thing, bad thing? I mean, is it good to come down and get some good yeah. games, some shots up? or? I think so. Um, when I, My experience was I was there for two or three games. I can't remember exactly, but... It was one of those things where they told me, you're not playing right now, just go down there, play as hard as you can, you're going to play X amount, of, you're going to play all the minutes you can. Uh, just go out there, have fun, show what you can do. Because um, mm-hmm. not only are we watching, but there's 29 other teams or 31 other teams that are watching you um, and taking notes on how you do. So it's basically an audition for you for, other, for the whole league. So uh, an addition, you say, that, that you know, blows. I, I, do, I call the games here on Danish TV. Yeah. Uh, and me and Peter, as my expert is called, uh, <laughs> we, we sit there and we talk. And sometimes, you know, it's garbage time. There's three yeah. minutes left and you're up by 17 yeah. and they clear the bench. I mean, if that's your first minute on the floor and that's <laughs> your room or show uh, where you can improve and where you can show, do you actually go in and want to play or is it kind of, come on? For sure. I was, my rookie year, I was ready for those times. That was my time to shine, show what I can do, um, try to do as much damage as I could in that two or three minutes that I was in there for. Even if the game was already over, I wanted to show and let everybody know that I belong on this court and I belong in the league. And coach tell you afterwards, hey, good job, or it was kind of just like... <laughs> you know, you have some up and downs, but, you know, um, for the most part, they like what they saw, but they just didn't want to give me the regular playing time. Then the draft, they, they, oh sorry, the trade, uh, Detroit picks up Jennings uh, and send a couple of guys to Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, you, one of them. Uh, initial thought on being traded, because I mean, that's another story we hear yeah. all the time. Oh, come on, yeah. new city. Uh, but also sometimes it's a blessing. Uh, how do you see it? It was confusing for me at the time. You know, being traded, it could be a slippery slope. Once you get traded to one team, you could, it's a never-ending cycle sometimes. So that's one thing I was worried about is me being traded then being at the league next year. I fell into a great situation with the Bucks here where they gave me an opportunity to play, and they wanted me to, to show them what I could do during games on the court the whole season. So the whole season long, I was fighting for minutes. I was able to get a starting position, and that's where I think I really took off. I learned a lot from my vets that I had there in Milwaukee and some from the vets I had in Detroit. Uh, but it was great. I mean, I was nervous at first. I didn't know what to expect, but it turned out being the best thing. And not throwing anyone under the bus, but the difference between Detroit and Milwaukee, is there a difference or is it just NBA teams in different cities? It's just, it's just NBA teams in different cities. Everybody has a you know, different type of vibe within their organization, different players, um, a different build of the team. So it's all different. And uh, we know that the season starts with summer league, or me, 
I mean, I don't know if the season is over for you or if this is the new season. <laughs> but season but over, it's yeah. in between. But yeah. you, you're going to do this and then you're going to do the Africa game yeah. in uh, August, 5th, yeah, I think, August I think 5th, I think. Yeah, beginning of August. Uh, and then maybe a little bit of break, but were you going to practice on your own? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been in the gym a little bit since I've been here. Um, just keeping my body fresh. I saw you make a shot in here too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know the guys in here that passed me the ball, but... He made a shot from the balcony. Where is it? Uh, there assist. you go. Have you found something? You have found a ball already? No. You should have a foam finger. You should have found it. I don't want He gets one for the assist, right? Yeah. What are you laughing Um... But I'm thinking, you're practicing on your own, you're doing all these different gigs, coming out, representing the NBA, but you also got to be ready yeah. uh, for, for the season. You have a new coach, uh, you have a new arena uh, coming up, uh, you have a season where you got to bounce back, uh, yeah. I believe, and we can get back to the playoffs, but... But how is that whole start of the NBA season for an NBA player? You said uh, the start? Yeah, the start of an NBA season before the games. But mm-hmm. I mean, like oh, training the off season. camp. Yeah. And it's a grind. I mean, people don't realize the work that we have to put in and able to withstand an 82-game season, um, not counting the preseason, not counting training camp, and not counting the playoffs. So you have to put your body through a lot of, you know, grueling things sometimes. I thought you said you loved the game. I, <laughs> I do. You got you to gotta love the grind, too. That's another thing. I mean, you, you got to love it, um, beating yourself up, you know, being out there for hours until you do something perfectly right. That's what makes us professionals. That's what makes us, you know, one, some of the best in the world that – we want to perfect our games. We never want to stop learning. We never want to stop, you know, uh, winning or, or creating great, great habits. I want to talk about your new coach, but first I want to talk about your old coach. Uh, not the last one, but the one before that. Yeah. Jason Kidd, one of the all-time great uh, NBA players, point guards in the, in the league. Uh, come in and get coached by him. How was that? It was great for me. I mean, uh, he's one, like you said, one of the best players that have played of all time. And he taught me a lot of things, a, a lot of things that he saw, how he used to anticipate things. Um, he taught me to learn about the other teams. Don't mm-hmm. just learn about yourself and our team. Learn about each and every other of those players out there and, and what they like to do and how their teams usually play. Um, he just saw the little things in, in, in the game that, you know, took him to another level. Is there colleagues, I mean, different players around on other teams that were jealous on you to have <laughs> Jason Kidd? Or is that just, I mean, it's just nah. regular that you have a, a coach? No, nah, it's not normal to have a coach like that. I mean, uh, you definitely see, you, know, you don't see a lot of players come over and talk to the opposing coach, but we saw a lot of players would come over, you know, talk to Jay Kidd during games and whatnot. It was kind of weird at first, but we got used to it. But he was just one of those guys that, you know, challenged us every day. And, you know, he, he challenged me to, to take my game to a whole nother level, and I can't thank him enough for that. But he moved on, or yeah. got moved on. Janis, yeah. um, your teammate, the Greek freak, someone said, or he said, I just Googled my coach. <laughs> yeah. uh, he didn't know, I mean, Janis yeah. comes from a different background. Yeah. Hvis I ikke ved det, Giannis Antetokounmpo, holdkammeraten, som er fra Grækenland, kommer fra meget, meget, meget fattige kår, og havde ikke set noget. He, he'd not seen the NBA. No. Uh, so he, he didn't know the story. He said, I just Google coach. And uh, was that for real? Was that a thing no. where he was like, what? Yeah. yeah, we were in practice, and J. Kidd got on him about something. 
And Giannis kind of gave him one of those looks like, I don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you never really done this before. He knew he, he's, he, knew he played, but he didn't know how, how good he actually was. And we all, like, you might want to relax and <laughs> listen to what he's saying. So, you know, after practice, he goes on his phone, goes on YouTube, looks up Jason Kidd highlights, and he, he has just an embarrassment look all over his face. He knew he screwed up, said the wrong thing. And uh, Does he have a big phone? That's what I'm fine. I, I mean, yeah. I, he's got big hands. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It looks, any phone, anything's going to look small in his hands. But, you know, after that, he laughed about it and realized he was an idiot for what he was saying and what he was thinking, and he listened to every single thing he said after that. So, so one Google uh, yeah. search, that changed, changed the Janice look on, on changed, Coach Kidd. Changed his whole mindset on J.K., yeah. And, and how important is that, not to change your mind, but yeah. to believe in your coach? Yeah, you have to, to. To have a coach tell you something in the back of your mind, you don't think it's going to work. If you're all to a button heads the whole time, it's not going to work. I mean, of course, there are going to be conversations of strategy. Uh, you're trying to figure out what's going to work best, but if the whole time he's on one side and you're on the other side, it's just not going to work. So do you think uh, Janice or you, have you Googled your new coach? <laughs> I actually did. Yeah. You did? I wanted to What see. did you find? I'm I interested to, to hear. Yeah, I wanted to see uh, his coaching record. That was uh -huh. my big thing. Uh, see what he did with the Atlanta team. He was in San Antonio with the Spurs for, I think, 19, 20 years, yeah. right around there. Then he was in Atlanta for four years. Um, and But took, before San Antonio, what was that? Before San Antonio? Yeah. Come on. That... That I didn't go that deep. <laughs> I was about to give you a prize. Ah, no. man. No? Nah. Anyone help? Oh. Violet. Violet. Violet? You know, you don't know. So we need more help. Denmark. Denmark. He played here. That I didn't know. No, you didn't know. You I'm, can... Now I'm going to go Google yeah, him. I get out of here and see. <laughs> he played in the second best league here okay. in, as a player coach. And it was not a good team. It he was, was good. He was good. And, uh, he but, was a star. But, I hope he was a star but, uh, player. It was not a good team. And then he had a decision to come actually to Copenhagen and coach and Ama, okay. coach the women's team and Ama. And, uh, and he's on the phone with the president of Ama, which is kind of like a... Sorry to put anyone up. School teacher, type of deal, passing and being the president on the side, eh, maybe. And he was agreeing, yeah, it might be. And then yeah. Popovich calls him and says, you want to be an assistant on the Spurs. And, there he was. And, he, oh. <laughs> and you might laugh now, you might have heard the money, but he got zero. Yeah, I, I he was know, volunteer. I know he started off as an intern, a video intern. He yep. was just doing videotapes yep. for free. But he thought, eh, it might be a good deal. Now he's been coach of the year, and yeah, yeah and he's going to coach you guys next yeah, year. We can't wait. So a new arena, yeah. a new coach. Uh, is it going to be a new Milwaukee Bucks, we or is it so. going to be same? We hope it's the same, but the newer version. Uh, we like the team that we have, the the guys that we have in our locker room. We think we could get to the finals. We thought we could have got much further this year, but uh, you know, guys are working. I'm working. You know, Giannis is working. Don, Malcolm, all the guys, they're hungry. We know. This year was a disappointment for us. We felt our own expectations. So next year, we got to be the most desperate, hungry team in the whole league. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's going to be tough. I mean, if, if you look back seven, eight years, maybe, trying to get this right, but you would look at, at Oklahoma City Thunder and say, this is the team to follow. This, yeah. this might be the future. Uh, or this could be, this is the future. And then whatever happens, uh, and now it's a different look, they're still good. Yeah. 
that's kind of the vibe we had on, on Milwaukee. Uh, everybody was kind of jealous. Yeah. What? They, they'd taken the chance. But then people realized he, he can ball. Yeah. Uh, getting the guys around him. Uh, and now it looks like it could be the team. Definitely. But suddenly there's Boston, Philadelphia, and yeah. still Cleveland, whatever happens there. But it's not an easy Eastern Conference, even yeah. though, I mean, there is some weaker teams. Yeah. But is it, I mean, expectations going in. Are you scared? Are you for the challenge? Or what are you thinking? Definitely up for the challenge. I mean, I I am. I mean, the rest of guys probably are too, I should say. I mean, you can't be scared in this league. I mean, if guys, you know, notice that you're scared, they're going to try to kill you from that that very jump. So you have to be confident in yourself. You have to trust your work ethic, trust your teammates around you, believe that, you know, you could beat that team in front of you. And that's the belief that we have every single night we step on our court. So next year we we think we can, we can improve on our season that we had this year. Like we said, we were disappointed. A lot of guys are hungry and we we want to and we need to get to that finals. Og til dem, der ikke husker det, så tabte Milwaukee Bucks i første runde til, til Boston Celtics, og det gjorde de 4-3. Uh, I guess you work on a lot of jump shots, yeah. but your biggest shot so far was flat-footed. <laughs> yeah. uh, last second, down by three in Boston, inbound play, you make that shot. We, we actually called that game. We were like, no way. <laughs> uh, and then it goes south uh, in the overtime. Yeah. But, but the process of making that shot, going out and sitting for two minutes, talking to coach, Yeah. What happened uh, in your head there? I could just imagine. I mean, yeah, there's a, it must have been a whirlwind. There's a lot of things that going on in your mind, but at the same time, during that coach's huddle, she, she draws up one or two plays uh, and pretty much gets to see what guys want to do. Uh, we ran a play that we ran multiple times in practice, getting ready for this exact moment. So, Boston. So, you practiced a flat footed shot on the <laughs> sideline? Not from that far. <laughs> the play, yes, but not from that far. Um, So we go we go out on the on the court. Boston gets in the zone, which we expected them to do because that's what they usually do. They covered the play, so I have to run out further than I want to go. Giannis is looking around, and you can see me just clapping and screaming at him, just just to pass me the ball, just just give it to me and let's see what happens. So I catch it. Only thing I could do is let it go. And from that moment, I, it looked good. It felt good. I thought I was gonna have a chance to go in, and once it went in, like my mind went blank. I didn't know what to do. I just stand there holding my hand, not knowing if it actually counted since there was so much less time left. So I was kind of in awe, just like everybody else during that moment. And making a shot in Boston Garden or yeah. TD Garden, it's pretty special. It definitely is. Those people hate there's it. A lot, yeah, but there's a lot of history. <laughs> Those people hate it. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the best place? Is that the best place to make the crowd quiet, or uh, what would, did you like to play the most? That's definitely. Or hate to play the most. If that's not number one, it's number two. I mean, that place is. You don't want. You don't want to bring your mother there, your daughter there, your son there. You you don't want to go there unless you're with them or they're cheering for you. So who's the who's the other team? Who's the other team? Well, you say Where the fans are on you. That would probably uh, be. I would say New York. New York. Yeah, New York is pretty rough. Yeah, not Barclays Center though. Not nah, the, not the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> That's Brooklyn. <laughs> um, obviously a huge disappointment. Can you watch the games afterwards? Have you followed Boston afterwards? Were you hoping Boston should make it since they knocked you out, or were you hoping for them to get 
their ass beat as soon as possible. I didn't watch their series against Philly. Uh, I just needed some time just to decompress and get away from that series. I did watch a couple other games, but uh, I didn't want to watch them too much after they beat us. I did watch them when they played the, the Cleveland Cavaliers a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did that feel good or no? <sighs> Somewhat. I mean, you don't want to see the guys you lost to lose to. You want to see the guys you lose to win. So at least, you know, you feel somewhat good about yourself. Not to throw credit at the other teams too much, but still, I mean, we got to give Boston some kind of credit no. for their season with the two big injuries yeah. and, and still coming through. Looks like coach really got him on, on the right page. Definitely. That's a talented group over there. Like you said, to do without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayworth, a lot of people wrote them off. I mean, those are two all-stars, uh, one Olympian, one NBA champion already. And to have those guys down and then to compete with those first two rookie first-year player or third-year player and compete the way they did and play at the level they did, I mean, it's unbelievable. It gets, it gets you worried about, you know, what they can do in the future. So, Chris, as, uh, as this season is over uh, officially, looking back at it, is this your best season? Is this the best experience playing basketball or was there another year where it was better? I mean, it must have been a huge disappointment to go out. Yeah. But it was still a good year for you guys. Maybe a little up and down year, yeah. but but there were some good moments. There were some good moments, I would say. But I mean, I, personally, I think it was one of my best seasons coming off of the injury I had the year before. Being able to play all 82 games was a huge goal of mine, and then to uh, get a career high of scoring average of 20 points a game was a goal of mine. Also, that I was able to knock off. But I just wanted to keep on expanding my game in all areas. Uh, I fell off on the defensive side a little bit, so that's something I'm working on this year in the weight room and whatnot. But, you know, I, I don't think, for me, it was a down year. I think it was a pretty good year. But as a whole, for what I want to do, it was, you know, a little, a little disappointment going out in the first round. We, uh, when we talked about you early in the season, not you, but you as Milwaukee Bucks, We talked about the defense, the the long arms of almost every player out there. I mean, yeah. I think three or four of you guys could go sideline to sideline. <laughs> Probably could. But how much did you guys talk about defense and, and and being specific on defense compared to just being more maybe more an offense uh, yeah. oriented team? That was a struggle for us all year. I mean, we had a, we were a roller coaster going up and down where. You know, we would have games or stretches where we would hold teams to 80, 90 points, then go on these stretches where teams were scoring 120, 130 points, which is a huge difference, a huge fall-off. So, I mean, we we talked about it, but, you know, going out there and doing it were two different things, where, which was something that we just couldn't figure out for some reason last year. And then you switched coach, and now you switched coach, or he was an interim coach yeah. in, uh, in Aulusa, uh, Joe Prunty. So, uh, but that means that you're going to have three coaches within <laughs> yeah, less than a year, maybe eight months, you're going to yeah. have three different coaches yeah. and maybe three different coaches' philosophies. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that's going to do to the preseason and the early start of this season? Obviously, Budenholzer is going to have some time now yeah. to adjust and put in his strategy. But what do you think it's going gonna, it's gonna to do to the team? It gives everybody a fresh start, you know. Um, you know, I think... But that's our coach, our new coach. He's going to bring in the staff that's going to work, want to work with the guys, want to want to make guys better, help guys achieve their goals on and off the court, personal and team goals, team-oriented goals. So we're very confident in what I am. I can't wait to the first day of training camp. I've spoken to him a couple of times already about uh, what I should be working on and what his plans are for the team. So I'm very excited.
You should call him and ask him about Violet. Say, <laughs> say you, does he know you in Denmark? I don't, he, he probably does now, but uh, I haven't talked to him since I've been here. We, we should let him know. <laughs> we should let him know. You on social media as well? Yes. And what's the, is it a, like an open thing? You, you yeah. want everybody to follow it? For sure. Yeah. So what is it? What's the yeah, handle? What do you got? Are we clear for, fill up your hand all sammen? They everybody's following you already. Cool. Oh, so so they should take a picture and 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 tag you. They tag me. They could, yeah. And you're gonna like him back. I like it. I like it. You will. I can. So, being an NBA player and going around, we talked about preseason. Uh, we talked about the season, but 82 games regular season. How much do you guys practice? We hear everything from from 15 to 50 practices a season. Uh, I don't know what they count as practices. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but but shoot arounds, I'm guessing there's a shoot around every day, yeah. uh, at least at, on, on game, days. game days. But can you take us through you guys playing in Indiana? It's a short flight. Uh, yeah. But you get in when? Do you get in a day early or? If we don't play the day before, we'll get in. Uh, we'll get in that day before around five or six p.m. in the evening. Um, we have to rest in the night to ourselves. Most of the time, guys will get treatments. Some will go to the gym and get their workouts in. And then, you know, we offer our, our clicks where you know a couple of group of guys will go get some food and relax for the rest of the night. Wake up the next morning, have shoot. Hold, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Who's paying? Who's paying? Yeah. Uh, we play a game called. Um, uh, credit card roulette. Ooh. Yeah, so we all put our, we get the waiter, get a little bag or basket or something, everybody picks their, their card in, their credit card, and it differs certain nights. Some nights it's the first card they pull out, some nights it's the last card that comes out. And that's how we choose to pay for dinner. Ooh, yeah. okay. So, so you, get, you go for dinner. You yeah. go for dinner, you go back and relax. I'm sure there's no uh, yeah. Netflix, and yeah, that's, that's what you guys do. Uh, and then, uh, then uh, sleep. You get a good night's sleep, 10 hours probably. 10 hours, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> then the next morning, uh, we have a light breakfast, go to shoot around, which is where we go through the other team's game plan. Mm-hmm. We, we go through what we want to do to them, what we want them to force, what we want to force them to do, what they would probably try to do to us. Is, is this in the hotel or is this, this in the gym? At their, at their arena. Okay. So it would be at the Pacers gym. Mm-hmm. Um, they would get us some shots, try to get used to the arena and the ambiance and whatnot. Come back to the hotel, eat another meal, lunch. Then it's the pregame nap. It's an NBA thing where between shoot around and the actual game, it's like a dead period where guys just take naps, relax, and get ready for the game. So I'll probably take two to three hour nap before a game every day. Um, wake up. I was a guy that liked to get on the court early, so we all work out before the games. I, I was on the court two hours before the game. Mm-hmm. So my workout two hours before the game is probably about 15 to 20 minutes where I'm just getting loose, getting up shots, seeing how my body feels and what I can do out there and whatnot. So I'm hearing someone flying you, probably not coach, flying you somewhere, <laughs> sleeping for 10 hours, <laughs> dinner, someone else is paying if you're lucky. <laughs> Someone driving you to the gym and then take a three-hour nap? Yeah, And you're life. telling me this is hard? It's the life, and then we go play a game. <laughs> but, no, it's great, man. It, it's great. You know, the, the travel can be exhausting sometimes, but it's fun. We get to go see different places, different cities. Like, I'm here mm-hmm. in Copenhagen here. I never thought I could be here talking to, you know, these wonderful people about my life and playing basketball. I've been to several games and, and different arenas, and what what people might not know is that 
the home teams got obviously their locker room. They got their hideouts. They might even have their practice court. Mm -hmm. uh, but the away team, they actually only have one basket uh, to, to go and warm up on. Yeah. Sometimes they might be able to use both. Yeah. But, but that's why you come in so early. Yeah. So the teams, the away teams actually leaves in two buses. Yeah. So one team leaves early, dresses and work out, yeah, and then they, the next team. Yeah, they, no, they split it up between players. So they have probably have half the team, half the team come on one bus to warm up, then the second half later to warm up before the game. But you, for two hours before the game? I'm, I'm a guy that likes to get there and relax. So I go through my uh, workout routine on the court, come back, eat some food, listen to music just to relax my mind for another 30 minutes. And then after that, uh, I'm in the weight room doing stretches, getting a light lifting to warm up right before the game starts. I've been in the locker room, and I, this was in L.A., and uh, I think it was Portland or Houston. Portland or Houston in L.A. Mm -hmm. and, and we're walking by trying to get an interview over here. And, and, we're and then the player said, hey, can you move? I'm trying to scout. And they're, watching, they're watching on the big screen up there. Yeah. They're sitting there eating some pasta. Yeah. And they're looking. Is, is that how you actually scout? I mean, there's like... Maybe 20 press people walking yeah, around in the locker room. That's that's definitely it. Before the game, we'll have our, our game where we played the Pacers before. It'll be up on the TV, and guys will be in there watching it, doing their own thing. But, yeah, we have people like you come in and stand right in front of the TV so we can't so see anything. And then we have to tell you to move, and now we look like the rude people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're oh, just you trying are. to get ready. <laughs> do, do you like it? Do you like the media in there? or I mean, because that is one thing that we don't know anything yeah. about in Europe, that the, the locker room is open an hour or 50 minutes yeah. uh, before the game. You can go in. Uh, and I will say, I mean, this is a Friday night bar. School. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I forgot. It's cool. I, I've seen naked NBA players in there, uh, yeah. and, and and that's. I mean, it is a dressing room. You're getting ready for the game. Yeah. But there's press in there, walking around, and you guys trying to dress yeah. first of all, and trying to mentally prepare yeah. for a game. Uh, do you think it's fair? It's it's weird, but it's part of our job. We have to be professionals about it. So I mean, uh, we have an option. Some guys like to talk before a game. Some guys don't. Um, I'm one of the guys. One of the guys who don't doesn't like to talk before games. Just so you're one of the guys. Yes, yeah, because you you might throw me a question about some guy that I have to guard tonight that says something about me, and now I'm all I'm thinking about is that instead of the game. So. I try to block all, all that noise before, and then after the game, it's another mess, you know. So, so is that actually why? Is that why you don't want to think about something else? That's why you don't want to take a question, or is it because I don't want to bother? No, it's, it's definitely not. I mean, the reporter, reporters, they sometimes they come out with questions all the way from left field that just throw you all the way off or, you know, just try to, get, try to get under. Some reporters will try to get under your skin before a game, so uh, I try, to, you know, just to block all that out. And actually... That's good to know. Yeah. I hope that's with everybody playing. That's yeah. why they say no. Yeah. I think so. I think that's why most players, that's why I learned from one guy. I don't think so. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the game, you yeah. just lost at Indiana on yeah. a buzzer beater. Yeah. Uh, five, ten minutes after the game, coach has just said, ah, let's get on the bus, leaves at, uh, <laughs> on to the next game, press yeah. is in there again You're with the towel around your waist. Yeah. Uh, how do you handle that? It's... It's, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I'm half naked for 20 minutes sitting there. I have to ice after games. So I have ice on my knees. My feet are in a cold tub uh, filled with ice. Uh, I have a hamstring one. And then I'm just sitting there with a towel on the ice and reporters just walking by. Sometimes they'll ask you questions and sometimes I'll just wait. Then you have to shower. 
and then come back and change right in front of you when they're all just waiting on you. So it's a little weird sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. We had a female reporter with us one time in LA, yeah. uh, and I mean, there, and it was not a one female thing in there. There's yeah. there's a lot of females there's, in there. There's a uh, lot. I mean, we we have to be professional. I mean, we <laughs> we keep. I mean, I I don't want to show my business to anyone. I hope nobody's looking at my business either. So I'm <laughs> I'm always. <laughs> I mean, we they're in there to do a job too. So I mean, we we respect them that you know they're in there doing the job. So I mean, but we, is that the worst thing about playing away compared to playing home? Because at home you can hide. You can hide. Yeah. You know what's going. But <laughs> away, I mean, they they will have uh, at home. They will have a nice big locker room, yeah. couches, everything, and a little lounge area where the press is not allowed. Yeah. But the away team will get. Uh, I mean, a crappy is, little room, which could be inviolate, where Coach Bud goes. <laughs> yeah, um, that's part of home corner advantage. You want to make the visiting team as uncomfortable as you can, mm -hmm. and the locker room is a great way to start. Talk about the locker rooms. Uh, who's the best locker room guy on your team? The best locker room guy, I would say Don Maker was ours. Really? Yeah, Don. Why? Don was the guy that controlled the music um, before the game. Yeah, that's a huge thing before the game. It's to control the music. Yeah. I mean, you, he's not doing a very good job. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, the guys, you have to be in the right mode, mindset and the right uh, mode sometimes to go out there and, and play and, and beat up on the guy, just mm -hmm. hit the guy sometimes. So uh, he does a great job of changing it up. I mean, thankfully, I don't know if there's any country fans out there, but we don't listen to country or nothing no. like that. It's more upbeat stuff. Yeah. Okay, vi er ved at være klar til spørgsmål. We're getting ready for questions okay. from, uh, from the audience. So, so think about a good question. I'm not really sure. I think they can yell it out. Yeah, you're going to stand up, present yourself, and, uh, and, and speak loudly. And maybe not too long a question. Think about it. Take a sip of beer. Uh, what's your so best? Skål? No, yeah, skål. Skål. There we go. <laughs> you're picking up. <laughs> Okay, before we get the question from them, what's the best Janice story? I'm, I mean, it's probably, oh, I'm representing the Bucks, I'm Middleton, I'm a borderline all-star. So how's Janice? <laughs> the best Janice story. Man, that's tough. That's got to be a I mean, I'm, I'm that, that's, that's safe to say. That, that's safe to say, though. I mean, um, one is uh, with tennis shoes, I guess, is a good one. Giannis is a guy that doesn't like to change ten tennis shoes at all. I mean, um, usually guys, like I'll go between five to seven shoes for every two or three weeks. Just keep changing So them new up. shoes? New shoes. Like, yeah. like right now or in games? During games, yeah. Ooh. During games, there's always a new shoe every other game. Uh, Giannis was a guy that liked to wear the same shoe every single time. He had these white Kobe's that he loved to wear. Um, You know, our teammates, the coaches, the Nike guys, Nike refs, they tried to get him to change shoes because... <laughs> We want to sell more. <laughs> exactly. It was a white shoe, but he wore so much. You could see the sweat stains in them that they actually turned like tan, tan and brown, and he still didn't want it. It was, it was disgusting. Uh, and it finally, there was a, finally a hole got rifted to it, and he was forced to change, change shoes. So he stays in the same shoe. But you actually go through two pairs of shoes a week? Probably so, yeah. Wow. Probably so. That's why you guys give them away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got a question? Question, yep. 
Yeah, 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 please. And your name? I just have a question uh, of the NBA life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're a basketball player, but also you have to adjust to the social media, to the fans, to the reporters. You basically followed 24-7. How is it to change from just being a ball player to also be like that kind of personality that's always like looked at? Mm-hmm. How is that to like, adapt yourself? Yeah, at first it's tough because you, you realize all eyes are on you. Yeah. <laughs> you realize all eyes are on you. Everybody's watching your every move. Nowadays, your every tweet, your every picture. And then you just learn to realize just to be yourself. I mean, um, if you live your life the right way, you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody's tweeting something about you or somebody's seeing you do something wrong. So I've learned just to, just to live my regular life and, and not to worry about, you know, all eyes on you type of thing. Good? Yeah. More? Yep. Uh, huge Bucks fan, like me. Me <laughs> too. Um, that's why I was wondering, like, what's it like when, like, a LeBron or a, a KD are coming down the floor? And I know Giannis gets a lot of the assignments, but you're also quite a yeah. strong defensive player. So what's it like when they're coming down the floor? Like, what are you thinking that you've got LeBron James, probably one of the top three to four players ever to play the game, mm-hmm. and you've got to defend him on a play? What's going on? Så der bliver spurgt om, hvordan er det at være en NBA-spiller og komme og stå over for LeBron James, altså stå over for superstjernerne, når superstjernerne kommer ned ad gulvet. Det er selvfølgelig mange gange Giannis, der får den store uh, defensive opgave, men hvordan er det at møde? How is it to meet or getting ready for the, the superstar coming down? If LeBron James is coming down full speed on a fast break, <laughs> most, yeah, most guys, you've seen it, most guys, You just move out the way. You'll end up hurting yourself most most times than not because you're so strong and so fast. Not lying about that at all. I've seen it happen before firsthand, and it didn't look great. So I mean, uh, but other than that, you know, we we watch film on those guys. A guy like LeBron James, you know, he's he's a guy that has the ball in his hands the whole game. He wants to. Uh, he's a passer first, so he might start off a game trying to pass or trying to score first. So. For me, if I'm guarding him, I'm just trying to read what type of mode he is. If he's in the scoring mode, I'm trying to get in his eyesight, you know, mess with his passing lanes a little bit more. If he's worried about scoring more, then I'm, I'm focused on him. I'm not worried about anything else as much. You But, trash talking to him? You tell, you're not going to score him. <laughs> I'm not a trash talker. Some guys are. I've had guys talk trash to him, too. But uh, I'm not a trash talker. But those guys are tough, definitely. You should try to score him. Uh, <laughs> question over here. <laughs> That, question. that I've played with is Jason Terry. Um, the he, Jet. <laughs> yeah, the Jet. He was the oldest guy, no, I think second oldest guy in the league, and he probably was the guy who talked the most. <laughs> he was the guy that talked trash during practice, during open gym, in the weight room, in the locker room, uh, and then on the court. On the court was the last one. Nap but, uh, time? He talked nap, nap time, <laughs> yeah, he would be talking in his sleep. Uh, But he was a guy, some of the stuff he would come up and say was hilarious. Um, he, he's a Good story guy. with him. I, I like when he was with Mavericks. Before the season, he got the trophy. Yeah. He got the trophy tattooed on his arm before they won the championship, and they actually ended up winning it. Yeah. That was cool. That's More right. questions? Yep. So, who's your worst matchup? Like, when you got the ball, or the least defensive Who's the best defensive player? The best defensive player. It's going to go online, so you better watch that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't think too many guys uh, can frustrate me. I mean, I, I'm tall for my position. I'm a lot longer. I'm able to shoot over a lot of a lot of guys that guard me. So uh, I don't have too many problems in many matchups. I mean, uh, once 
I might see a double team, then it starts getting a little tricky for me. But as far as one guy, I don't want to sound cocky, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't worry about one guy too much. <laughs> <laughs> One, one last question. See the the, the guys over there. Oh, oh, you jumped in. Okay, good. Which song, album, or artist makes you most hyped for a game? Me, John Denver. <laughs> for the last two months of the season, including the playoffs, the only the only uh, artist I listened to was J Cole. Yeah. yeah, J Cole. Yeah, that was the only thing. Does that change when you lost the game? Then is that? Yeah. If, is he out now? Nah, I've had. I listened to Jay-Z's newest album. Uh, I think it was one game in the middle of the season. It might have been my worst game of the season. I, I haven't listened to Jay-Z probably since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we, we got one point down here. Yeah. We should skøn jer. We de de stress us. So, so players part. with with a lot of media attention, mm -hmm. maybe not having the talent, will they get drafted before people who make deserve it, who has the better talent but don't yeah. get the media hype? Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing we we live with in this business is some of the politics where you have the hype of the media pushing one player more so than another. But that comes back to what I was saying kind of earlier, where we, you don't count another man's money. I mean. He, He's got his thing going over there. You may feel like you're better than him. Then we have to go on the court and prove it. I mean, and you saw, you probably saw that a lot last year with, uh, with ball. With uh, I know Darian Fox was one with those matchups during the summer league and during the regular season. Um, you prove it out on the court. That's that's when you know the talking does it all, and, and you have to prove yourself. For us to make time for you to do that over there, we gotta finish it off right here. Is there okay. anything that you want to say to these guys except you're coming back and scoring? <laughs> I just want to say, you know, thanks. You know, it's been great here so far. The questions have been amazing. The conversation's been great. You know, I mean, it's been a great, I think, two days since I've been here. You know, hopefully that tomorrow we could do a lot more things, and it's been great. I have nothing bad to say about the city. I love the city. I mean, cool. it's been great. Let's give him a hand, Chris Middleton. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.